Welcome to Cowboy Ed. Today, we're riding... Hey, what, what was that? That was... Is that a prairie dog? Is that a squirrel? Well, you know what? We're, we're going to talk about distractions today. And just, just like sometimes the ponies get distracted, sometimes our kids get distracted too. And what are we as educators supposed to do about all these distractions out there? Maya, are you distracted yet? Oh, I'm distracted all the time. So there's so many things in education and in life that like grab my attention. So yeah, this is going to be a great conversation that is going to take us all over the prairie. Perfect. So let's today we have we have a generation of of students who have been exposed to more at their demand technology for whatever they really like more than any generation we've ever ever had and and therefore i mean from the time they were born they've had access to technology in so many different ways and now as schools are still in the mix of the covid situation and lots of schools have purchased extra technology to put in kids hands uh, whether that be chromebooks or laptops or ipads we have now added a little bit more to the possible distractions. This is definitely a conversation where I'm not sure we're going to come up with any answers. Um, maybe we'll come up with some really good suggestions, but this is a bigger issue that isn't going away anytime soon. So I'm going to I'm going to throw a question out to you, Maya. At the college level, what what kind of uh, for lack of better word, what kind of control do the professors have with students being, you know, distracted with outside tech, or do they just not worry about it? Well, I don't know that we worry too much about it because this is absolutely uncontrollable, right? There, a lot of students in a face-to-face -face classroom have their laptop open. And it's just too time consuming or I don't know, even if it's necessary, whatever, to monitor what they have open, what they're doing. Um, you try to create engagement, right, in the classroom so that they're focused on whatever element you're trying to cover at that moment. But yeah, I don't think many professors try to manage the student's use of technology um, in that way. I, I know there's a few that like don't allow it, right? No, no personal device, no phone, no laptop out. But I think COVID really pushed us past that. And it's really hard to say that because we have, you know, everything with an online component. So I don't know. I mean, how is that different from middle school or high school? The the biggest difference is, I would say, I mean, as I was listening to your answer, if, if I blow off a college class, I'm going to, pay for it and have to retake it again. And so there's a little bit of ownership that maybe is a little different uh, as opposed to the, the general public school, middle school, high school situation where no matter what, the, the, the teachers, the school's job is to educate that student. And, and so those distractions become much more part of uh, your behavior management plan as far as what you are doing and how you're addressing students uh, to to control that. But it it just continues, it, it continues to grow. And so as we've shifted to this COVID 
post-COVID or, or ending COVID or new, uh, new normal, as we, we've touched on in the past, there, there's still a lot of teachers that I can cite firsthand experience where teachers are just, it's easier to not use the technology because kids don't have the skill set to just be on what they're, they're supposed to be. And, and so it's this, I, it's an interesting dilemma uh, because no matter what filter we put on, no matter what uh, safety precaution we try to put in place, kids are are so resourceful and they will find their avenue around it. And so how do we help them deal with those distractions? So we can't just block all technology, you know, totally have everything shut down in schools. We need it. And it's an important part. But as with health education or, or those pieces, are what are we doing to really help kids deal with this continual distractions uh, i think as we are i mean we have our phones we have apps we have news updates we have social media feeds some adults have games playing uh but but kids are they have all those as well and to sh tune those out is almost almost impossible for some kids right now and it's only going to get worse but what do you what do you think my what do you as you've got teachers headed into the classroom, what are what are you talking to teachers about saying, okay, how do we balance the good and the bad? Um, because engagement, you you cited that word earlier, but engagement has changed. We can go to an NFL game, we can go to a movie, and people are on their phones. They're engaged. It's a blockbuster movie, but they're still on their phones. So what are we what how do we prepare our teachers walking into this? I think that's a super tricky question because it's, you know, our minds, like we deal with information differently. We physically deal with the information um, in learning contexts differently because that, that sense of being able to switch between media so quickly, um, you know, I think our through practicing this, right, out of necessity, really, uh, our minds are becoming like our browser windows, right? And we have seven tabs open. And we're going back and forth and toggling between this piece of information and this piece of information and trying to curate all of that, you know, in our functioning or learning experiences or whatever we're doing. And so I think it has a huge impact on just that fundamental idea of technology integration in a classroom because our students don't know how to do that well. They're just fumbling through like most of the adults are, right? And you're right about having those phones. I mean, you can be standing in line at the grocery store or <laughs> driving down the road, unfortunately, and you're you know doing whatever the task is at hand, but at the same time, you're doing at least one or two or three things on your phone. And it's it's an interesting space for us to be in, in trying to, you know, I'm, I'm really refraining from saying that world, saying the word multitask because, you know, the research tells us you can't do two things at once, right? So you're really just jumping between multiple things. But to get at your question, how do you, prepare teachers, I think in the same way of 
what teachers need to do to prepare students. And it really comes down to those fundamental digital literacy skills, right? How do you manage your devices? How do you find information that is relevant to what you're working on? And, you know, I think our world has significantly changed with the number of, you know, small computing devices, whether they're tablets or phones or, um, you know, even laptops, you know, that you can carry around with you. You have access to so many resources that that's a different way of engaging with information than back in the day when everything was really crafted and structured for your classroom. Um, because students can bring all kinds of different things in if they have internet access. And so you have to build those skills about how to you know, discern between opinion and fact, as an example. And, you know, just those fundamental digital literacy skills. And we don't, we don't do a good job of preparing teachers and we don't do a good job of preparing students or we don't do a good job of preparing adults, right, with digital literacy skills. And so I think that's something that really needs to be attended to in all of those spaces so that we can elevate our use of the technology tools for a more purposeful learning experience that has that technology, you know, in that space. So as I'm thinking about, um, you know, classrooms and, and I know a lot of teachers have access to things and they have really, you know, especially like if you're working on a digital project, students have a, a directive that they're supposed to be working on that, that might specifically use, you know, a particular technology tool or, have a direct outcome that is technology is going to get them to that that space, um, to that endpoint. But how do they get from point A to point B? And so, are there things that you see in classrooms, James, that you know fall into that digital literacy that teachers are doing to help students navigate those tools? Well, a couple big pieces to that are. There, there, there are a fair amount of tools that allow teachers to regulate, if you will, what uh, students have access to, um, whether it's some sort of device manager that allows you to lock down into certain apps or into certain uh, a certain website or just be working on their document or whatever. Those, those are, but in this sense, those, those are tools that. I think teachers have to know how to use and have at their their disposal. But if that's their first line of defense, if that's their initial, I mean, that's how they start class every day, then we've lost that side of, of teaching. We, we're back into that, uh, I'm in control. You're going to do what I say. And uh, whether we like it or not, I, our, our kids are, are not that way. And, and our kids are going to continually challenge that. And they're going to find their avenues around all those things. So I think those are good tools to have. But I think the the best examples that that I see right now are teachers working diligently to change their classroom in instruction. Uh, in the in the sense of we used to think in in blocks, like an hour block, maybe you had fifteen minutes and fifteen minutes, and and those were considered pretty good teachers. Uh, but now those blocks of time have to be much, much smaller. 
they have to be, you know, in that six, seven minute segment and they have to be moving. So planning for a class period, planning for an hour becomes, you know, multiple pieces connecting. And then on the same note, those, those teachers are doing a good job of having, having students connect with each other in the class and then leading to bigger, better questions. Uh, I, I think the one avenue that we don't work with as much as we should with students is uh, by, by the time they get to that middle school and high school, they're very good at the game of school and they're very good at what answer do I need? Uh, I've got the answer now. Can I move on? And you want this answer from me. I don't care about the answer. I don't care about any of those pieces. But in their, in, in their sense, with all the, with the access to the internet, access to all of that information that we just touched on, can they create better questions? Uh, if, if I'm a teacher and I'm making my quiz and they can't use my assessment in the sense of some way they can't be on the internet because they might be able to find the answer, that's a, that's a pretty useless quiz in a way because any other time in their life, they'd, they'd go to that. They'd go check it out and Google it, YouTube it, whatnot. So how how do we create those questions to have them use technology in the ways that that we're we're talking about saying okay now go go create a better question create a go find something we don't know about this which I think plays into hopefully what what we want them to do as they continue on into higher education as well You're absolutely right and I think that you know teachers have that responsibility of meeting their content standards and, and fulfilling those objectives um, related to that. But we need to think about that digital layer that co goes along with it, right? So if we're, for example, you know, studying a particular topic and learning how to, you know, read graphs and data charts and, and something, I don't know, science example for something to kind of wrap our heads around, there's a lot of visual literacy ideas that can can be layered in to that content um, learning that can enhance their their digital skills. But teachers have a potential struggle there because if they don't know how to create you know digital tables or manipulate you know interactive, digital components, then bringing that that layer in is really hard and students miss out on that digital learning that goes along with their content learning. And so thinking about preparing pre-service teachers, we need to do a better job across all of our classes to provide examples and to show that kind of learning where the digital literacy, digital literacy skills and the content learning are paired up. But, you know, that's, that's a different way of thinking about teaching and learning. And I think that COVID's given us a lot to think about, but I don't know that we're quite there in taking those steps. You know, you mentioned writing a better question, you know, for the quiz. I think that that's, that gets at the heart of this, that how do we work with students the way that they're learning rather than trying to impose what we're used to doing as teachers into a space that isn't what it used to be. Well, I think when you, yeah, as you start talking about that imposing what we're used to on them, it, it is very apparent. And, and 
at the at the middle school, high school, elementary level, I think about the time that teachers plan their lessons and having multiple periods. And all I can think about is to do this, to manage a classroom, we can probably manage a classroom better with extra technology now uh, through different things. But actually teach, we need more time to prepare. We need more time in those, whether it's number of classes per day or, and, and, and the challenge is any of our, our listeners out there are going to say, well, there's more things being added to my plate, not being taken off and given more time. So th that does become the challenge. How do I build that quality kind of fast paced lesson that's incorporating it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one, but we, we've got to continue uh, pushing on that because otherwise eventually if education stays in that old norm, if you will, then eventually, I, I guess in some ways, I feel like we're working ourselves out of a job because as states have faced teacher shortages and they've turned to technology to quote unquote deliver content, uh, they, they can hire anybody to monitor those classrooms. Uh, the, the technology is, you know, having them regurgitate. And we still come back to maybe, maybe learning has, has changed. So it, it's an interesting thing. I know when, when we talk about technology, it always makes me kind of laugh because I think both of us are pretty well integrated in the technology world of trying to find all these different ways to use it and all these different things. But on the other side, th there's some serious struggles. And uh, uh, recently, uh, I had a student answer her phone in class and 100% just looked at me and said, well, it's my dad. I'm supposed to answer my phone when my dad calls. And I, and I thought, wow, I mean, there's a lot to think about in just that simple statement of, of what is a legit distraction, what isn't a legit, a legit distraction in technology. So I, I, all those things make me, whew, they make me tired on this ride, but it also makes me think about where, where do we go from here? Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, you brought up the point that we are both, you and I are both comfortable with technology and taking those risks with it. And that's not the space all teachers are in. But think about as we're having this conversation, both of us are, you know, thinking really hard about what we're talking about because it's a tough subject. It's, there's no easy answers. And the students, I really feel like the students can lead this a little bit and we don't give them that space. You know, they're used to that device. And so engaging with them instead of for them, I think could help elevate what we do in the classroom. But again, that's a risk that needs to be taken. And, you know, whether you're trying to, to layer some direct technology knowledge or working with the students for them to bring in their behaviors um, with technology to the lesson. You know, there's a lot of ways that you can try to integrate, but this is, I don't want to say it's new because it's, you know, technology integration has been around for a really long time, but bringing it in at this level is new. And so most teachers don't have the background and training. And like you said, you know, it's, you can't add another thing to their plate. So 
it's navigating that ever-changing new normal space. And it's, you know, it's a real struggle. And so I think that if teachers are feeling overwhelmed with that, you know, my recommendation is always try one little thing, right? Do one little thing and see how it goes and then add to it or try something different or whatever. And it helps you just move along in the, in the right direction. As we tried to stay on path and, and, and we rode fast and hard, there's so many things to think about. And A, the fact we're discussing it is, is also a good thing for those people that aren't as comfortable uh, addressing this. It, it's not easy, but for the future of our kids and for the future of our profession, we're going to have to have those conversations. We're going to have to keep figuring out ways to peel off something else so that we can incorporate the things that are meaningful and are powerful for our students going forward. But it's time. Our ride has came to an end. And so we look forward to hearing from you out there uh, how you're dealing with these things and what your thoughts are. But with that, we'll see you later. Head them up. Move them on. Move them on. Head them up. Head them up. Move them on. Yeah, well, yeah, on the run.